Welcome to Off the Cuff ABQ, the hottest and newest conservative local talk radio exclusively aired on KDAZ 96.9 FM, 700 AM. I'm Diana Vargas. And I'm Stella Padilla. And we got an exciting show coming up. We got the chairman of the Republican Party of the great state of New Mexico online with us today. We will pull him in here in a minute, but let's first go over what happened this weekend. Well, I'm more interested in the kids going to school now on April 5th, actually, Dinah. And it, it looks like they'll have a choice of, of going to school or, or not. They can stay learning on the computer or they can go into class. The only thing is they'll have to wear their mask the whole time unless they're eating or drinking. And when they're walking into schools, that's, uh, yeah, they're not going to allow any gator, neck gators or masks with vents or Anything like that, it has to be or CDC sparkles approved. Yeah, or no, CDC ex- no bling. In other words, you can't have any sort of message on there. Yeah. Like, I hate this mask. <laughs> yeah. And also, they have to remain uh, six feet apart. I think they said they could actually stay three feet apart in school. And so it looks like it's going to be a, a nerve-wracking thing. I think most parents are going to think they'll probably leave their kids out of school if they have to wear the mask all day. It's not very healthy for them to breathe all day long. Well, and not to mention, we're giving kids, again, excessive amounts of choices. So you got a choice to go to school or not. Uh, we've talked to APS students. We have, we've had them in studio talking about the issues that they're facing at the Albuquerque public school system. And many of them just aren't learning at home. It's as simple as that. They're not learning. They're online. Uh, they're bored to death. And they already know how to cheat the system, yes, if you will. They learn young. They learn young. And even if they're going to school, look at the graduation rate. I mean, so learn, I mean, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with them staying at home. They've been home a year already. Right, right. And uh, getting kids to school is still problematic. A big problem. Four bus drivers quit. They can't find anybody to replace them. They're asking the parents to take turns, dropping them off and picking them up. So it's going to be a big strain on the family for them to going, you know, going back to school, especially if they usually take the bus. Right. And uh, one of the spokespersons for the administration, Armenta, said that that's just something that we got to put up with. It's not really their fault. So therefore, it's your problem. So APS, once again, making their problems, your problems, our problems. Mm -hmm. Crime, crime all the time. Man found dead inside Albuquerque hotel room. The Albuquerque Police Department reports that a man was found dead inside a northeast hotel room on Friday Obviously, we have weekends off, so this is getting reported after the fact. But all this happens during Holy Week. So uh, another man found dead inside a hotel, and it's um, well, it's it's suspicious. Yeah, number one. And the man's identity has—it's unknown at the time, and no information as usual has been provided. But when they get more information, they'll let you know. Of course, of course. So. Other persons uh, in being investigated is the Albuquerque Police Department because of an in-custody death. A multi-agency task force is investigating the Albuquerque Police Department is calling an in-custody death, according to the APD. The Northwest Command responded to a, a domestic violence call around 1.15 on Sunday. And again, this is Easter. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. And he suffered a medical episode during the arrest, so he died at the scene, which is bad, yeah. Right. Not too sure what a medical episode uh, entails, really? but that's that. And as usual, they said it's a developing story, and they'll provide details as soon as they become available. So they'll let you know when they know. Yes. Yes. I'm glad they cleared it all up. Yes, for sure. So crime, crime all the time. So we're, we're up to something like 30 deaths. Is it only 30, really? It's I only 30. More. Okay. This time last year, only 15. So city of Albuquerque 
and what you call for I am the mayor of Albuquerque. That's what you call Tim Keller. That's right. And he's running for re-election again. I can't believe this. I mean, my eyes just hurt from (laughs) rolling them. Really? My ears hurt from having to listen to the BS all day. And you saw what's on his platform. Crime is the bottom of the list. He's more concerned about uh, climate change or whatever instead of the crime. Legalizing marijuana. Yep, that's on top of the list. Uh, We need more crime. Catch and release. Oh, yeah. And what did they do? They tabled all the crime bills in the legislature this year. So one could only uh, come to the conclusion that, well, crime is last. Crime is last on the list of most leaders, Mm -hmm. particularly in... In Albuquerque. In Albuquerque. So, because it's crazy Albuquerque. And you know, if you look at everything that they did, I mean, they actually came back for another two week session, spent a ton of taxpayer money to approve the legalization of marijuana, but they table the crime bills. I don't get it. I don't either. Well, I don't get it. Albuquerque. 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 <laughs> so, last night, there was a ton of gunfire going off, and we're going to drop this clip in here. In- gunshots in in the South Valley of Albuquerque. Two hours? Like two hours. And so uh, I guess they're sort of neighbors. They kind of lived up the way from me a little bit. You can't really see them, but you could hear it. And about two hours later, uh, you get the the sheriff's department over the huge blasting intercom telling them to come out to stop hiding in their backyard. It took two hours for the sheriff's department to get that? Well, I'm not sure that it took two hours for them to get there because here's the thing. Who only knows at what point did somebody call the police? Because, again, people don't call the police because they just don't call the police, particularly in some areas. So by the time the police showed up, I mean, when they showed up, they showed up in, you know, in full force. It was quite obvious what was going on. And it wasn't just like pop 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 it was like bang 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 no i heard semi-automatic semi-automatic vicious ones yeah yeah so we got a little clip of that but all night long and so you know yeah happy Ma- monday yeah and manny manny where are you i mean the sheriff's <laughs> department should have been there on top of it well i think they were this wow. is what i'm saying uh you know again i think people fail to report these things just like all the lightings in the streets they don't call and make the proper reports and stuff because why what for? Who would show up? Who would show up? Mm-hmm. Who would want to? Yeah. So, so again, South Valley of Albuquerque, again, basic, basic kinds of services not being provided. Lighting remains an issue. Gunfire uh, at night, middle of the day. Anybody can steal from a gas station. Everybody knows this. If you want to steal something, go into the gas station and take whatever you want because no one's going to do anything. There, no there's, one's, yeah, there's only two attendants and they're scared. And no one will stop you. That's right. It's as simple as this. So we got a really, really exciting show today. So we have Chairman Steve Pierce of the Republican Party coming in. He's a former congressman, and we're going to talk about some issues uh, involving, well, the CD1 candidates, um, uh, the Republican and the Democrat side. Uh, FBI waves uh, fingerprinting there at the border so kids are allowed to go wherever they want. No, they're, to, they're allowed to be taken. They're allowed they, to be taken wherever right. they want. Mm-hmm. Um, congress, uh, a congressional candidate for the Democrats, um, it seems like she's hell-bent on, on hurting New Mexicans and our values. Mm-hmm. Aren't all the Democrats? Yeah, most of them are. Mm-hmm. I mean, And I don't even recognize this name. What's her name? Melanie Stansberry. Who is she? I don't know. Well, uh, somebody that'll bend for them, obviously. Bend, but she won't break. 
<laughs> she won't break. Okay, so you're listening to Off the Cuff ABQ, the hottest and newest conservative local talk radio exclusively aired on Conservative Talk ABQ 96.9 FM, 700 AM. I'm Dinah Vargas, and we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Golden Equipment Company, finding innovative solutions. We are a full-service heavy equipment Volvo dealer offering sales, parts, service, and rental. Locally owned for over 35 years, we're proud to be a part of your community. Our dedicated and certified crew will help keep you productive and efficient. Come see us at any of our three locations, Albuquerque, Farmington, and Durango, Colorado. Check us out on social media or visit our website, goldenequipment.com. We look forward to helping you with your next project. Hey everybody, welcome back to Off the Cuff ABQ, the hottest and newest conservative local talk radio exclusively aired on KDAZ 96.9 FM, 700 AM. I'm Diana Vargas. And I'm Stella Padilla. And with us today is Chairman, Congressman, former Congressman, Chairman of the Republican Party, Steve Pierce. Welcome, sir. Hey, good morning to both of you. I hope you all are having a great day uh, this Easter weekend, a, a time for deep reflection, a time for reestablishing our commitment to our faith and uh, now we kick the week off with uh, the best radio program in new mexico absolutely except one except, except one that's called inside new mexico yes <laughs> yes right. which we proudly broadcast here on kdaz 96.9 fm 700 a.m on saturdays at at 8 8 p.m good yes. all right yes so um, so we'd like to just dive right into the recreational marijuana pipe dream passed by the New Mexico Senate. Yeah, it's uh, the idea that we're going to replace uh, the oil and gas revenues with recreational marijuana is a pipe dream. It's, uh, there, there is absolutely no way. Plus, the, they, they kind of quietly slide it under the rug that part of the revenues are going to go to buy marijuana so that it, they can distribute it free the people who can't afford it and so uh it's uh it's just uh, going to be a boondoggle here and meanwhile people who are trying to make a living trying to raise their kids correctly they're going to have to fight the message from the government that uh, y'all don't worry about this it's okay so a single mom trying to raise her kids trying to tell them to stay off the of drugs uh stay focused do your homework uh those messages are going to be harder to penetrate yeah, absolutely. Considering uh, New Mexico's collapsed economy, high unemployment, a very weak education system. I mean, it's sad that this marijuana legislation took priority in the special session. Yeah, it's uh, it's the reason they went back. They couldn't get their stuff organized. They couldn't just hammer the bill through during the regular session. So they let everybody go home and then bring them back, like you said, in the opening at great expense to the taxpayer. Uh, of course, uh, in New Mexico's legislature, they get paid per diem, so they don't get paid when they're out of session. So it was uh, all the legislators got a little bit more pay for coming back up there. So it's, uh, again, just talks and uh, reeks of the mismanagement of the state by the Democrats in, in Santa Fe. Absolutely, and then not to mention that uh, that there's no uh, oversight or safeguards for youth or people underage minors uh, that are either caught in possession of marijuana or or growing it so that almost seems like that's that's something people could 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 exploit and have children then start growing their weed or at least blame them <laughs> yeah at least blame them uh, we can claim that 
you know, the we've watched as the as the regulations around medical marijuana have been just uh, easily sidestepped. I, I toured a lot of those facilities uh, during my time in Congress, and and it never felt like a medical institution. It's uh, it, it 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 just didn't have that sense or that feel to it. Uh, so uh, it, it's just I think symptomatic that there are going to be no basically no regulations. If if you want to know how it's going to affect us, just go up to Raton. Uh, Raton, uh, probably the northernmost community that bumps up against Colorado. And when Colorado began to legalize marijuana, the problems spilled over the border into Raton, those, those northern border communities. And they said, this is what we're going to face if we ever legalize it. Shortly after the legalization, I had meetings uh, pretty frequently in Denver. Uh, and so I flew there. Uh, we, we just had to step over the people who were sleeping in the streets on the sidewalk. Uh, it, the, the kind of drug culture that starts taking hold is one that, that is not productive for families. It's not productive for the economy. And it's something that uh, New Mexico is going to have to wrestle with. Yeah, yeah, and I think Albuquerque is going to feel the brunt of that because in Albuquerque, it's crime, crime all, all the, the time. time. Yeah, I also said, Steve, that the bill calls for the sales to begin in the spring of 2022. So what was the rush to push it forward now this year? I mean, especially yeah. when they said that, that, that there's clearly, these are Democrats saying this, clearly there's tons of stuff that needs to be ironed out, but yet they want to push it through first of the year. Yeah, that's, uh, again, the recognition that this is a very weak subject, one that, that a lot of people are not going to support. The longer they delayed the passing of it, the more pressure that constituents began to bring on the elected representatives and elected senators. And I think that they feared they would not be able to get it passed if they waited till next year or the year after. Uh, so this rush, rush, uh, even though it doesn't take effect for, for a year, uh, just never made sense. And uh, I think it was a reflection of the political pressures that are going to come to bear on this. It's like someone was twisting arms up there. Uh, maybe that was what was happening during the uh, during the lapse between the, the regular session and the special session. I would not put it past anybody on the fourth floor to twist arms. <laughs> because all of the reports were real clear. It says we're going back to a special session because we didn't get the job done. Let's go get the job done. You can't go home until it gets done. And that's an order. That's an order. Yes, that's uh, I think the way it works. Uh, we just uh, we'll see where it goes, but I think that New Mexico, already struggling with high unemployment, is going to see uh, higher unemployment. Businesses that are struggling to find workers right now. I know restaurants who can't open even to the limit allowed under yellow or. or turquoise or whatever those colors are <laughs> pink and green the, uh, pink and green yeah pink and green there you go don't say so, mr potato head oh no so we uh we just people are not going to be able to find the workers it's uh it's very difficult and uh, i've talked to employers almost every day uh they're struggling um, right now many people can make more uh, not working with all the federal unemployment the state unemployment and all the the stimulus checks and and so they're just telling their employers i'm not going to come back to work until all this stuff runs out and it's a very difficult climate to uh to 
to make jobs work, to make the economy work, to make businesses work. Yeah, it and, almost. And one of, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. One of the the comments made by one of the legislators uh, during this this discussion of the family leave was every business owner is rich and they owe it to their employees to give them this family leave. Well, that is, that's just an indication of somebody who's badly out of touch. Uh, very few small business owners are rich. Very few uh, are wealthy at all. Uh, most of them just prefer working for themselves rather than working for someone else. And God bless them because who would provide these services? Who would be the dry cleaners in a town? Who would, uh, who, who would, uh, drive the buses who would who would do these things like this uh, if we didn't have uh, business people willing to go out and take the chance and and try to make just a little bit more than they could working for someone else absolutely i just see it as them uh, getting us used to depending more and more and more on the government that's what i yes, see yes that that is absolutely what's going on because mm-hmm. if you depend on the government then you're going to vote for more programs you're going to vote for the people who will uh, put more programs in of course uh, the republican stance is always that uh, we will help the people who truly need help but if you're able bodied you probably ought to be working and that's uh, one of the big differences between republicans and democrats absolutely it seems like the democrats are just encouraging people um, to stay home and then collect these benefits. And then on the other end, when I talk to people who are, are receiving these benefits, it's like, well, if I go back and get a job and then if the if the governor closes down something because she's always putting in new color coding. Restrictions. Like green didn't mean go. All of a sudden you had to pass through turquoise, which nobody really knew what that meant. So then to start the process all over again, uh, in the event that the place that you're working had to close down because of state mandates or, or, or federal mandates. So it just seems like like they're encouraging people to be dependent upon government, government a mm-hmm. system that, that will inevitably let them down. It will let them down, but uh, also it will destroy this, this vibrant economy that's, that's called America. We've been the shining star for, for 200 years uh, we allowed the ownership of personal property. We allowed people to go into business. That's not true every place. It's not true on the Indian reservations. Uh, they have a socialist culture that here in New Mexico and, and the other Indian nations where almost everyone has to depend on the government. And uh, if you start being successful, a lot of uh, the Native Americans leave the reservations because that culture of dependency is, is just too imprisoning it. It's too binding. People can't get loose from it. Yeah, exactly. Unbelievable. So moving on to federal issues, the U.S.-Mexico border, mm-hmm. New Mexico borders right up to it. So we've seen this influx of, of immigrants, of migrants before, illegal aliens crossing into the United States. And um, Biden, it's practically you can rent a kid, bring a kid, and you get in for free. Uh Collect two hundred dollars when you pass go something I like this. I wish two hundred. They get a ton more than they that. They get a ton more than this. I know that they did say the FBI fingerprint backgrounds have been waived for the care de- caregivers, and most of these are for immigrant teenagers. So it's an alarming child welfare experts. You know they keep saying that the teenagers are in. They think that there's danger for them. Yeah, that this waiver is going to compromise. Yeah, that their safety. It's going to be easy to traffic all these children, which is it looks like that's what's happening, Steve. Straight up, we have to just say it right out. It looks like they're trafficking these children. Yeah, and uh, you saw that uh, video maybe last Friday where they were the 
coyote was dropping that three-year-old and the five-year-old from that 20-foot fence. So, I mean, he dropped him in, and he goes back to the Mexico side and runs. And so here's this three-year-old and five-year-old little girls uh, there. Uh, luckily, somebody that was taking the pictures and recorded the video reported it. Otherwise, those kids would have probably died out there. But uh, what, who believes that a three-year-old and a five-year-old walk from <laughs> Central America to get with, to the with wall? T- with T-shirts that and, say, Biden, let us in. <laughs> yeah, and so this tra- that had to be trafficking. Now then, who knows who their parents are? The, this is an absolute crisis going on at the border. And, you know, it's, um, it, it's a matter not of politics. It's a matter of, of the policies. Under the Bush administration, they were, were pretty well open border. Uh, one of the hardest fights I had in all of Congress was to try to get the Bush administration and later the Biden administration to keep patrolling the border. They typically wanted to patrol on Highway uh, 9, which is five miles away from the border. And, and at some places, it's 60 miles away from the border. And I kept saying, well, what, are, what about the people who live between here and the border? They, they just don't qualify as American citizens? Finally, finally. And they, they got very angry about it, but they, they bladed off a section right along the, the border. Some places our border, when I was in Congress, was a barbed wire fence. And many places, going from El Paso across to uh, south of Deming to Columbus and then further over uh, south of Lordsburg. It was just a, the barbed wire fence was laying on the ground. So, I mean, you just walked through literally. And it's, uh, so the border uh, has always been uh, untended. And so when the uh, President Trump begins to talk about securing the border and building the fence, uh, he was getting a lot of support from the people who want to secure border. Uh, no country survives with open borders, and so the question is not immigration. The question is having people come here legally. Uh, we need the immigration. We need the workers. We need the vitality in our worker community. Uh, entrepreneurs come over seeking uh, to make uh, businesses work. Uh, that's the sort of thing that immigration is, is really powerful for. But this idea of masses of people coming across, uh, they don't get health checks. They don't get criminal checks. They don't get uh, any kind of a check. And so right now the estimates are somewhere between uh, 15 and 50 percent of the COVID-19. And they're just being released. And the communities are told, uh, that's your problem, not our problem. This, uh, and for the media to be totally silent about this is just, I think, uh, an indication of the depth of the problem that we have with a compromised media. Well, and not to mention the radical left, like where's the outcries now, you know, because of Biden and the Harris uh, administration, uh, they're allowing children to come in They're They're making it widely known that they will not be turned back. I mean, how do they not see how does the left, how the, how does the radical left not see that that in itself is going to exploit, is going to ruin other countries and their children being brought here? And who's to know, I mean, you know, the three-year-old. Okay, <laughs> here's a little backpack with, with some snacks. Go ahead, cross the border. $3,000, find you what you call a coyote, and keep going that way about 1,000 miles. I, I mean, I don't see it happening either. We don't know if these children are being stolen uh, from, you know, from these other countries or if the families are, are somehow being duped, you mm-hmm. know, into believing that, that, that their travel 
here to the United States is going to be peachy. It's just not going to happen. And Steve, I, I last uh, two weeks ago we mentioned that why isn't the media down there and photographing pictures of all these uh, young children and young teenagers that came across the border by themselves. Why aren't they photographing their faces like normally in world news? You'll see all that, but you don't see it now because I think these children are being stolen by the cartel, you know, shuffled across. Uh, the parents don't even know where they're at, and I'm sure they're frantically looking for their little children that were, went down the street to play or to the store or school or whatever. But they disappeared. They don't know where they're at, and this is why the media is not showing all their faces and then uh, just this week, a Canadian newspaper also said they're not showing their faces because they're stolen. Their parents are looking for them, and they're not about to let them find them. I mean, it's, it's a sad situation for all these children. Totally sad. Yeah, it, it's not just sad. It's a criminal situation that our government is, is allowing that. to happen. We're, we're turning our back on it. But uh, even beyond that, then what about the conditions? You know, a lot of uh, the media made a big stir about holding the kids in cages uh, that now that they're in those same cages facilities that are supposed to hold 200 are holding 4,000 what about social distancing uh they're wrapping them up in these you see they they're these uh space blankets they're just the little tin foil supposed to fight off the cold they look uh, like a bunch of little burritos just lined up yeah it's it's nuts what is going on and the media is acting like it's normal Right. And, right. and they've got, the media has no access. When are they going to start talking about the obscurity? When are they going to talk about the obstruction? Uh, under Trump, you may not like him, but he said, okay, if you want to go look, let's go look at it. And he would let them in, and they would photograph. And, uh, but now then the photographs are having to be kind of got out surreptitiously. They're having to be smuggled out. When, when the government is so closed that you have to smuggle the photos out, that sounds a lot like Red China, I will just tell you. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. Wow. So because of this overcrowding, um, ICE is securing hotel rooms and holding growing number of uh, migrant families in them. Um, Biden administration awarded $86 million in contract for hotel rooms. $86 million for 1200 for six months. If you do the math, that's $398 a night for hotel rooms. Now, I'll tell you that the hotel rooms are not being paid $398 a night. Somebody is getting very rich off this contract. One of the things that, again, we fought during the Biden administration, but it was uh, also true under the Bush administration, we just couldn't penetrate it. But we finally figured out how much those kids in cages, and, and it was the Biden administration that put the, the uh, families in cages to start with, and... Um, every night that they were there, some contractor, now keep in mind, they're being held in government property, on government land, inside these, these facilities that they kind of stood up and then wrapped this barbed wire or wrapped this uh, chain link fence around. $750 a day was being paid, supposedly to teach the kids, you know, you have some education system here and you got a little that. And I always insisted on taking the tour. They wanted to divert me over here to show me, oh, look at the portable showers. Don't you want to see it? And I said, I have no interest in the portable showers. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, everybody always wants to see them. And I said, that's because you are duping them. I said, I want to see the real stuff, and I want to see your budget. I want to see what you're charging us, the taxpayer, for what you're doing. They wouldn't give it to me, but we finally dug it out. $750 a day to these private contractors. 
And, of course, they know somebody in a high position or they wouldn't get these big contracts. So $86 million for six months. It's like a jobs program. (laughs) uh, We have 600 kids a day coming across. And so 1,200 won't even deal with one one day's worth of stuff of the other people coming through, 100,000 coming through in a month. And so 1,200 for 86 million. Uh, now then do day after day after day times 10 times, uh, and you start getting a sense that we're going to be spending hundreds of billions of dollars on hotel rooms. Uh, and uh, we, meanwhile, we got the homeless veterans sleeping in the park. We had the National Guard being forced to sleep without bed rolls or anything on the marble floors up in the parking garage in the Capitol. It, it, it just the insanity is running loose right now. Absolutely, absolutely. So we got to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to dive into Senator Mark Moore's win Republican nomination for 1st Congressional District. You're listening to Off the Cuff ABQ, the hottest and newest conservative local talk radio, and it's not for the easily offended. You're listening to KDAZ 96.9 FM, 700 AM. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Tara Shaver with Abortion Free New Mexico. Did you know that New Mexico is the late-term abortion capital of the nation? While your work and travel has been restricted by Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham, New Mexico has become a global destination for late-term abortions. At Abortion Free New Mexico, we are working several proven strategies to end abortion in our state. If you want to help us end abortion in New Mexico, visit abortionfreenm.com today. That's abortionfreenm.com. everybody welcome back to off the cuff abq it's the hottest and newest conservative local talk radio and it's not for the easily offended you're listening to kdaz 96.9 fm 700 am i'm Diana vargas and i'm stella Padilla. and we got chairman steve pierce with us talking issues hi steve welcome back hi hi thank you so we'd like to discuss uh senator mark moores he wins the republican nomination for the first congressional district is he, the- he is, uh, yeah, he, he is uh, the choice of the state central committee. The process was described by law. A lot of people were saying, well, we should have this big primary election. And frankly, that's uh, not what the law says. And so uh, he was selected. Uh, I think he's a great candidate. Uh, he's well known in Albuquerque. And uh, he contrasts well with the very radical left uh, representative Stansbury that the Democrats picked. Uh, she has uh, favored things that are very destructive for New Mexico. She's anti-fracking, which will shut down the oil and gas revenues to the state. Again, we oil and gas put up 40% of the money that goes into Santa Fe. Uh, you shut off 40%. If you, let's just say you decreased your own pay uh, by half. Uh, where in the world can you make up half of your pay? And so that's what she's suggesting New Mexico should do. But she's also anti-law enforcement. The things to defund the police seem to describe her pretty well. Uh, the the formulations of the bill that would hold police uh, to be personally liable is one that's going to cause a lot of police to, to leave the, the field. Uh, there are ways to hold police accountable, but uh, that was a pretty radical move. Uh, then uh, more spending always, higher taxes. Uh, this is what uh, the radical left is doing in Santa Fe right now. Uh, it is not what we need, and I think Mark Moore's uh, conservative uh, philosophies are going to 
to hold up well in this uh, this special election that's going to occur on June the 1st. Yeah, he's actually a quite likable guy. We had him um, on air from the roundhouse while they were passing the Mari Marijuana bill. (laughs) And so uh, in comparison to Stansberry, uh, she has a very like California-style progressive kind of attitude. Her values would appear not to be in the spirit of New Mexicans. So may the best man or women uh, win, or are we allowed to say man and mm-hmm. and woman still? The it, may the, the it. best well, it win. <laughs> may it, the best lawmaker if, win. If, if, you're in, uh, if you're in the Congress, you can't say those on the House floor. Nancy Pelosi has put a rule in saying you can't say man, you can't say woman, you can't say husband, you can't say wife. Uh, you can't say anything except, hmm, we're all going to be doing is uh, meditation, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it sounds super confusing, super confusing. Some of the federal uh, communications that are coming in on the signature line, they'll say, you know, who the, who the signature is, who the email's from, and, and then how they prefer to be called like how do they identify he <laughs> his it's he, just too funny her hers uh it or they i don't know it's confusing i want mr potato head back it's all i know <laughs> so i was talking to a, a a young member uh lives here in albuquerque albuquerque west side and he said one of the most confusing things for him is that all over tiktok because he uses this app called TikTok, because this is where he gets his news from. He says that there, there was this that he felt really bad for Mr. Potato Head, and that when he mentioned, well, what about Mrs. Potato Head, and taking her title away, nobody was for it. <laughs> In fact, they beat him up and they harassed him online over Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> it turned into a little nightmare for it the poor guy. It turned into a little nightmare for the poor guy. And so, uh, so, so he, so he's been doing these little social experiments. So if, if somebody goes on and they say, well, this is the only kind of like guy I would want a hunk, uh, you know, um, athletic and you know, they're kind of giving what they want in, in a mate. And then if he'll say the same thing, but as it regards to females, and then they attack him, calling him sexist. He goes, I don't get it. I am more confused than when I started. I said, well, <laughs> maybe you should just delete the app. He said, I can't. I need the app. So, Got to have the TikTok app. Got to have I've the TikTok. A, I've got a friend that uh, set up a TikTok account, and, and it was, his um, idea was to find a place where the young TikTok makers, conservative filmmakers could could have a platform he said within just a few days he had over a million of these young conservatives who are hungry for voice hungry for truth hungry for normalcy and and that's what we've got to find again is just the traditional values that made not only new mexico great but made this country great uh the people who are talking about this country being evil uh evidently they have not traveled much they don't know much history uh, slavery, yes, it was a, a past a part of our past, but we also rooted it out. We fought a civil war over it. Uh, President Lincoln uh, would insist on the civil war, uh, even though his generals didn't want to fight it. They had gone to, to school to the West Point Academy with many of the Southern generals. And so President Lincoln just kind of by himself led this nation through a period of, of great upheaval to get rid of the, the, the slavery uh, it's and meanwhile we're we're letting it be reinstituted. You get the sexual slavery. You get a hundred thousand kids a year stolen and and put into sexual slavery 
in this country. And so uh, we let people be enslaved by by drugs, uh, by illegal drugs. Uh, we, we really uh, talk a lot uh, among the left, but we I don't see a lot of solutions coming out of the left. Or or any action. You know, it seems it you know it seems once again that even the left is is their audience, their narrative is no longer working for average people who think, okay, well, uh, I'm a Democrat, and then Democratic Party got stolen by socialists, and it's been all perverted. And but when you're talking to everyday New Mexicans, at least for me, we've had these conversations that New Mexicans are sick and tired of it because though. Uh, we're compassionate about things such as the border crisis. The left would have you believe that uh, we're uh, have no compassion, racist, and white supremacy, something like this. But the reality is, by creating borders, it actually uh, improves the lives of people. And yeah, Jeffrey. Yeah, Jeffrey Epstein was uh, just a favorite of the left. Uh, a lot of the Democrat politicians and a lot of the Democrat super wealthy would go down to his, his uh, island there, and they had young underage girls, and everybody kind of just gave it a wink and a nod and looked the other way. And, and so this kind of uh, belief that, that nobody has a right to speak up against things like this, against people like this, they can abuse our kids. They can say in public they're going to protect our kids. The truth is they're abusing our kids, and you can't say anything about it or you're just demonized. And, and when, when the effort is to shut the debate completely up, uh, that's when I believe that we're, we're getting very close to their value system. Uh, when they want to shut up the debate on, on uh, are the kids being well-treated at the border. You, know, you can't talk about it when you can't talk about uh, the way that, that uh, men and women's athletics are destroying the opportunities for young women. Oh, you can't talk about that or you're, you're sexist. When you talk about uh, the evils of, of pedophilia, you can't talk about that. Well, that tells us a lot about the values of the people who tell us we can't discuss the issue openly. Absolutely, and in fact, it, it proves it proves because we have the Zora Ranch over here in Stanley, New Mexico. It is yet to be raided. It, I mean, only news reports you really heard about were that of national news. And then it forced local media to pick up these, you know, stories about Jeffrey Epstein and his Zorro Ranch. You know what Zorro means in, in, in English? Fox. Like he outfoxed oh. us. He's a Zorro. Okay. Yeah, he outfoxed yeah. us. You know, Steve, the, okay. the most alarming thing to me is the, the phrase that everybody keeps using, that this is the new normal, that, we, that we're supposed to accept all this. It's coming as a new normal, and it's, like, shocking. It shocks my senses, like, that people are actually going with that, that it's the new normal. It's That's what's happening now. Yeah, and there's nothing normal about it. Norm, This kind of normality is going to cause great pain in lives and and that's what a lie does lies result in pain so uh we, we just we will see a lot of pain down through the lives of, of two or three generations it's and it and it doesn't just cure you know the the kamikaze pilots in in japan uh they were being fed this this uh methamphetamine mix and and it took, and they were giving that methamphetamine to to the soldiers in general. So this 
this ability to fight beyond belief and never run out of energy and, and just this tremendous uh, anger in the battle. Uh, it took generations to weed the methamphetamines out of that population because once people get hooked on it, and, and the government was doing it, same thing in the German uh, battles. Uh, the German army was using the same thing. Well, that lie that this, this methamphetamines is not going to hurt you long term uh, caused great pain for a couple of generations. And, and you can look at, at always uh, untruths result in a lot of pain. So the untruth that we can print money, that's what is going on in the stimulus bill. We're printing a lot of money. Hyperinflation is sitting on, look at how much gas is going up. Uh, and your pay is not going up as fast as that. That's because inflation is hitting. Look at how fast price is going up. The price of food is going up. That's because inflation is hitting, and it comes from the lie that uh, we can print money and, and there's no downside effect to it. And so uh, the poor always get hurt by these policies more than than the super wealthy, and and we're seeing it playing out in in America right now. And they're affected by them because they believe the narrative that whatever's being said at a national level is going to help them, and it never does, and it never does. No, no surprise here. No surprise here. So what's happening at the RPNM? What's the Operation Freedom? Well, we. Every year, the RPNM has what they call their Silver Elephant or Slash Lincoln Day. We honor Lincoln because he was the first Republican president, and he was actually a Republican president before there was much of a Republican Party. It was just a group of people who left the Whig Party. It was Democrats and Whigs. The Whig Party said they were against slavery but didn't have the courage to fight it. So a group of them left and called themselves Republicans, uh, and Lincoln was the first Republican president. He was elected simply on the idea that uh, one human being should not own another human being, just very, very central to the core of uh, all of us being created in God's eyes as, as equal. So we honor that. And uh, this year we can't gather together uh, in this state. Uh, we've got three or 400 people then are signing up to go out of state. We're going to go to Amarillo for our Lincoln Day. But well, we decided we'd also make it a work uh, weekend. Let's make it a getaway weekend. People go over there and, and actually act normal. You go out to dinner with your friends and family, and uh, you're able to talk and circulate. Uh, it's, uh, it's amazing. Three miles away from Hobbs, you can live life normally. Uh, they don't have the mask mandates over there. But there's just people living, and they're not dying in the streets, and the kids are not dying in the schools. And so you realize that it can be normal. So we've invited two of the nation's most high-profile Republicans. Jim Jordan is going to speak to us on Saturday night, but uh, Governor Christy Noem from South Dakota, both of them are good friends of mine. Uh, she's going to speak to us on Friday night. And then we have uh, just a super program all day long on Saturday talking about how we are really going to change the state. If we change the state, not going to be by political ads. It's going to be by the hard work. One of you mentioned that earlier in the program. Uh, these things take a lot of effort. And so if we're going to turn the state red, it's not for just turning a state Republican. It's so the outcome in human lives will be better, so that our budgets are in control where we don't have to raise taxes, so that we keep good, viable jobs, uh, we keep the oil and gas industry so that we don't have to raise taxes. All of these things fit together in a symmetrical package called conservative values 
and we're going to be talking about how we can uh, change New Mexico into a red state, into a conservative state, to where we function and get along like our neighbors. Jobs are plentiful in Texas. They're plentiful in Arizona and Colorado. Why is New Mexico last in jobs? Why is our education so bad? Why is crime so bad? These are all questions that we're going to deal with at our weekend getaway, the Operation Freedom. And so I just encourage all of our Republican friends to sign up and uh, let's go over to to Amarillo. Let's have a great weekend. Let's listen to two of the best uh, and most uh, notable of the Republicans right now. I think we're going to have a great, great time at uh, May 14, 15, and 16. Well, that sounds like a ton of fun. We'll need four tickets. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And we will be there. (laughs) So, uh, yes, yes. So inside New Mexico with Steve Pierce, you equally have a statewide radio broadcast, which, by the way, is aired here. Um, You can listen to it uh, on Saturdays starting at 8 p.m. And on here, Chairman Steve Pierce talks about Issues, important issues and events taking place inside New Mexico. They are real issues, real people, real New Mexico. So- we uh, started the program. When I went back to Congress in 2010, um, some people were calling us retreads because there were, I think, five of us who had gotten out of Congress for two years and gone back. It doesn't happen much. So they're calling us retreads. I said, I guess that's better than double wides, but, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> we've got... Uh, so uh, so I started the radio program that year, and now we're in the 10th year, uh, over six, 600 programs. Uh, and uh, so this Inside New Mexico is a 30-minute program, just aired free of charge on the radio stations, and we do. We talk uh, 30 minutes about the issues exactly like y'all are doing here. Always the biggest task is to to di- dive just a little bit deeper into the issues than, than the 10 or 15, 30 seconds that they get on the TV news. It's the reason people are not watching much TV news anymore. They're, they're digging on the Internet to get a better understanding of what is really happening. And so uh, inside New Mexico, in its 10th year, uh, just join up and listen. If, you, uh, if your radio station doesn't carry it, if you have alternative stations to this one, uh, then uh, call and ask your station to air it. It's free of charge, and uh, we'd be happy to distribute it uh, to you. But uh, inside New Mexico and off the cuff and out of the gate, uh, that's, uh, those, are the, those are the two main programs in, in the state for conservatives today. That's right, and if you ain't listening to those shows, you're, you're not really listening. listening. You're not That's listening. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, well, Chairman Steve Pierce of the Republican Party, thank you, thank you very much for coming on air with us today. It means a whole bunch to us, and it also uh, expands our, you know, our reach of other people so that our listeners can equally find out what's happening, uh, specifically because we live in a culture that likes to cancel things. And if you are about faith, family, freedom in any way, shape or form, uh, there, there's a huge push to censor people like us. And so uh, come hell or high water, we'll be on air tomorrow, <laughs> Monday through Friday. We have weekends off. Yeah, we got weekends off. So. Now, if we got just a couple more minutes, I wouldn't mind sharing with the listeners um, how I met Dinah and Stella. Uh, actually, I was running for governor, and we were uh, in the South Valley, and these two pesky Democrats showed up who wanted to ask a lot of questions. Uh, <laughs> I answered the questions, and, and they began to hang around closer. 
Uh, and then we realized that uh, that we both had very similar values. I grew up dirt poor. Uh, I didn't grow up in the South Valley, but but I could have. Uh, I grew up south of uh, Hobbs, a little place called Nadine. We're actually moving from Eunice to Hobbs, and we ran out of money five miles short. So I grew up out there where we ran out of money. <laughs> uh, we had a small five-acre farm and uh, six kids, and, and we worked. Well, those are the values that Dinah and Stella had, and, and so they began knocking doors in the South Valley for me. For someone to knock doors as a Democrat in the South Valley of Albuquerque for a Republican takes more courage than I can imagine. And so it's their courage, it's their integrity, it was their, their, their values, the faith, family, freedom uh, struck a vibrant note. And, uh, and so we became fast friends. And, and then, then... They uh, said, well, the Democrat Party left them. They can't be Democrats anymore. I never asked them to change. I was proud to be their friend when they're registered Democrats, but they realized the Democrat Party was controlled by the leftists now, and they just voluntarily signed up as Republicans and now two of the most magnificent forces in the conservative community of New Mexico from uh, a couple of people that I call dear friends who, who came to me when we weren't registered the same, but we shared ideas, values, and hopes for the future. So to Dinah and Stella, the off-the-cuff program, God bless you. Keep up the great work, and I'll be here to support you any way I can. Thank you, thank you, thank God you. God bless you, God Steve. bless you. Thank you. Wow. All right. <laughs> okay, so you're listening to Off the Cuff ABQ on 96.9 FM, 700 AM. We'll be right back. Good morning, Albuquerque. This is Gerald Loeb, local author here of All Things Political and Humor. I have a new book coming out on the 15th of April and it's called Mayhem Manor. In this book, you have feckless bureaucrats, mindless politicians, and overwhelmed police force. Inside this book, you'll find not one but two love stories and a very unlikely hero. Check it out. It's on Amazon.com and will be available on April 15th. You'll like the read. Thank you very much. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Off the Cuff ABQ, the newest and hottest conservative local talk radio, and it's not for the easily offended. You're listening to Conservative Talk ABQ, 96.9 FM, 700 AM. I'm Dinah Vargas. And I'm Stella Padilla. And we just got off the Speaking line with, with Congress, uh, ex-Congressman, uh, now Chairman of the Republican Party, Steve Pierce. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Steve Pierce, for taking time out of your schedule to discuss these things from, from the state party, from, from a state platform. So just real quick, um, the book Mayhem Manor, it's set to be released on April 15, 2021. Gerald Loeb is a local author and has a new book titled Mayhem Manor, and it's set to be released you got to go online and you got to order it. You can pre-order your book today. The book is about ineffective bureaucrats, mindless politicians, an overwhelmed police force, and an unlikely hero. Pre-order your copy today at offthecupabq.com. Click on the sponsor page and then click on pre-order Mayhem Manor today. Um, it's a little button on there. Do that. Otherwise, go to amazon.com and hope you don't get lost. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. Good luck with that. So, uh, as always, um, in part, part of our programming, our sponsorship is by Semco. They are, eh, messed up. Sorry. Don't know what to do. 
It was on page two. I can, I can start there. You don't got to stop it. I think I'll be okay. So um, page two. Where's page two? Okay, got it. Okay. Got it. Okay. And today's support for today's programming on Off the Cuff ABQ is made par- possible in part by Semco Inc. Thank you for supporting Off the Cuff ABQ and our mission. If you would like to support Off the Cuff ABQ in the spirit of not being censored, in the spirit of faith, family, freedom, in a time where Made in America matters off the cuff abq is made in america it's made right here in the great state of new mexico we are local conservatives who will rise to the occasion of truth and we discuss topics that no other radio station definitely not the left will discuss and so again you're listening to off the cuff abq it is the hottest and newest conservative local talk radio and it is exclusively aired on abq Conservative Talk, 96.9 FM, 700 AM. Okay, well, how about MLB's decision to move its all-star game out of Georgia? Okay, so again, Mm -hmm. in this whole culture of being woke, Mm -hmm. uh, corporations, uh, major businesses, they're flexing. They're flexing. So uh, the Major League Baseball's decision to move its all-star game out of Georgia will have a million-dollar impact on the state and their tur- uh, tourism. And I'd like to add that this is probably going to affect the people that live there who, who the, a variety of jobs, I'm sure, come out of Major League Baseball. And they depend on this income. Right. For sure. So does the state. Yeah. So Major League uh, Baseball's decision to uh, move the All-Star Game out of Georgia is in response to a new restrictive, uh, what they're saying, restrictive voting law, and is likely to cost the state tens of millions of dollars. They're doing all of this because of uh, because of a rule, a law set that you have to show an ID at voting. And for that, they're moving. And for that, you're coming down heavy-handed. So um, they announced this on Friday that the season's all-star game and draft will not be held in Atlanta. And mind you, the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. You know, this is my grandmother's favorite team, the Atlanta Braves. And in, re- in, in response to recently passed law in the state that, uh, that critics say would make it harder to vote. Well, here's the deal. Yeah, how about it? Let's make let citizens vote only. So by the bank asking you for your idea, do they make it harder for you to bank? No. Uh, by you uh, getting a, uh, purchasing a vehicle. You have to show an ID. You have to have an ID. Even opening a checking account. All these things. You need a, a an ID for everything. You need an ID for everything. You could tell which way they're swinging all the way to the left. Right. So how is it that showing an ID is uh, disenfranchises people? So are you saying that anytime, and I'm just going to, because it says here, when you ask a black person, hey, or African-American, or whatever you identify as, can I see your ID? Uh, what they're going to figure out that what you might be what illegal are you saying that in america today that by asking a minority or deemed minority for an id is somehow racist and it and it, it puts sets you aside all categories and disenfranchises you from your vote as an american 
Well, and I think I think they're saying more. I think they're leading towards the illegals. Is what they're doing, that they don't have to show an ID to vote because if you support these people, you give them a hotel and money, uh, iPhones, brand new tennis shoes, and they're living high off the hog at, at our our expense. Of course, they're going to vote for whoever's supporting them and feeding mm-hmm. them and taking care of them. But that's not the narrative that that the Major League Baseball Corporation is saying. They're saying because regular Americans that happen to be not my term, but quote unquote of color, mm-hmm. right? Are disproportionate. <laughs> and this is racist and all of these kinds of stuff. Yeah. Well, and so they're leaving Georgia. I mean, so they're blaming it on people that have been free Americans for like ever. All their life. And then saying that you're so you're so oppressed because somebody asked for your ID. I mean, do you uh, scream out racist when you go to the bank to cash a check or deposit or pull out money? Or buy some liquor. Or buy some liquor. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're racist. Right. You uh, you go to a, a school to pull your kid out. They ask for an ID, right? Well, they should. Is that racist? Mm-hmm. Is that sexist? Well, uh, pretty soon they'll put a stop to that because now you can get any kids' IDs from the border, any, any children from the border without an ID or anything and send them wherever you want or do whatever you want with them. So maybe that's next. Right. So again, the Major League Baseball is putting its nose in business uh, unrelated to sports. What does sports and politics have to do with the Atlanta Braves and the Major League Baseball announcing that, hey, you know what, Georgia? So who owns the Atlanta Braves? Have you ever thought of that? Mm-hmm. Well, the Major League, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I, I'm not a big sports fan to begin Me with. Neither. All I'm saying is that several leaders of Georgia-based companies have also criticized the law, including Delta Airlines CEO and Coca-Cola CEO. Now you know how, who to boycott. So all of these people are putting their activism into Politics. profits and then acting as if as if they're not a corporation for profit, mm-hmm. wow. as if their corporation for profit doesn't ever you know, infringe on the rights of people. Anyways, that's all the time that we have. Just real quick, the um, the Major League Baseball, they also signed a deal with Chinese firm that dropped NBA over executive Hong Kong support. So in other words, they're getting all this support. Where are the antitrust laws? There's all these things that this Major League Baseball is violating and not much is being done about it. So it's up to you, watch the game or not. So you're listening to KDAZ 96.9 FM, 700 AM, a Pan American Broadcasting Company. You can always visit us on the web at offthecuffabq.com. We will see you tomorrow. Say bye, Stella. Bye, Stella.